0: The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. rumors and more rumors we're talking about rumors today here on the locked on Reds podcast thank you so much for joining me on today's show going to look at a prominent rumor you may have seen already I'm gonna give you my take on that and more looking at some uh, possibilities for the Reds this offseason before we get to all of that though make sure that you are subscribed to the lockdown Reds podcast that way you don't miss anything that I've got coming up. Coming up this next week, we've got Chad Dotson on the podcast and looking to try to get John Fay from the Cincinnati Enquirer scheduled to come talk with me about some red stuff as well. That's coming down the pike. You don't want to miss any of that. All right, let's let's look at this because there was a rumor and uh, not really like something that, oh, it's possibly going to happen here soon, but it was something that MLB Network talked about on their Hot Stove show. They have an idea for the Cleveland Indians to trade Francisco Lindor to the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, yeah, except for what it would cost. I I want to see Francisco Lindor as a red as much as anybody because that would be amazing. That would shore up so many different things, so many different areas for the Reds, whether it be defensively, whether it be with the lineup because you insert him as the number two hitter, the number three hitter easily, but not for what it would cost. According to MLB Network, they said that the trade would – Take the Reds sending Nixon Zell, Austin Hendrick, Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, and Jose Garcia to the Indians. was well, that all. Really? Well, I, mean, I tell you what. No, not at all. <laughs> not At all. I can't even I, I can't even fake that. I, I there is no two sides to this. There's you know, people always like to say that there's two sides to every coin. This is a terrible proposal. This is like, all right, we picked up the Reds prospect list and we're just going to pick a bunch of the top guys and throw them in this deal. This is an absolutely terrible deal for the Reds. If the Reds did this, I think it would make them worse. I really do. I, I understand that Francisco Lindor is a good player, but think of this. The chances of them signing him to a long-term deal after trading for him are even far more remote than them bringing Trevor Bauer back. I firmly believe that. Francisco Lindor is of the mind that he's going to test free agency at the end of this deal. The end of this deal is at the end of this year. He's got one more year of arbitration, then he becomes a free agent. And probably in arbitration, he's going to make around $20 million, maybe $21 million. And then you're going to mortgage not only the farm system, but you're going to send Nick Senzel. Now, here's the thing. If it was Nixon Zell and maybe a mid-level prospect, I think I'd be interested. Because we've talked about what we expect out of Nick Senzel. We expect him to be healthy and that's kind of where we start and almost where we end with our expectations for him in 2021. So if you can get a guy like that to uh, be part of a deal that brings back Francisco Lindor, then I kind of like that deal. But then you add in the fact that you're throwing in your number three prospect in Austin Hendrick, your number four prospect in Tyler Stevenson, who we all believe is ready to play now. Then you throw in Jonathan India, who could be a very versatile player. There were many good reports coming out of Prasco of his uh, development last season. So that's a possibility. He could be a guy that they could move around the infield here in a year or two. Maybe he'll be ready by 2022. Who knows? And not to mention, in this deal, you trade away your future shortstop. You trade away your guy that makes you okay with having Francisco Lindor for just a year. Make no mistake about it, the only reason that I'm excited that the Reds would get Francisco Lindor is that he would be a perfect stopgap to bringing Jose Garcia up. If he is part of the deal, that completely destroys any good feelings that I have in that deal. Because Jose Garcia is the future shortstop. Unless you're going to tell me that in this deal, the Reds are able to extend Francisco Lindor. I I have no interest in this whatsoever. None. And I know that there have been some people that say, you know what? I could see it. I could see the Reds going all in and bringing Francisco Lindor in for this deal. Not a chance. You're not going to find me anywhere close to that group of people Because I find this deal absolutely horrid for the Reds. Whoever came up with this idea at MLB Network was on something. And, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to have to say about it. This deal is dumb. Wouldn't do it. Let's find something else to bring Francisco Lindor to Cincinnati. All right, so coming up, we've got a rumor about Trevor Bauer and a couple of news items that I want to get to as well. Friday evening, it was announced that Yonder Alonso had announced his retirement. Can you believe that? Yonder Alonso has retired. I still think of him as the Reds' first baseman of the future after Joey Votto leaves, and he has retired before Joey Votto has, so that that was something. I also saw that as part of... The structuring, getting ready for the Rule 5 draft and setting 40 man rosters, the Rays have designated Brian O'Grady for assignment. So, f- former Reds prospect Brian O'Grady has now been designated for assignment by the Rays. I wonder if anybody will pick him up. I'm hoping so, looking to see him continue his development as a major leaker. I thought that, you know, he showed some promise in a couple of at bats for the Reds a few years ago. Hopefully he lands somewhere else and continues that development. But the biggest news item that happened over the last day was that Caleb Cotham was signed by the Philadelphia Phillies as their pitching coach. I'm very happy for Caleb Cotham, kind of bummed that the Reds have lost him, but he was not going to stay an assistant pitching coach for long. He's been learning under Derek Johnson how to be a great pitching coach, plus he's also able to utilize all of the advanced analytics and metrics and all of the advanced gear that they use to develop pitching now. So it was only a matter of time before he became the head pitching coach for a team somewhere. And and I think that, you know, I've I've read some different things that say that Derek Johnson is not interested in managing. So maybe the Reds have him for long term. Maybe he can be like the Reds pitching coach, kind of like you think of, Leo Mazzone, like when he was the pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves for like my entire lifetime. That dude was amazing. Derek Johnson could totally do that. Hopefully he does that with the Reds, and he's a pitching coach forever with the Reds. But, hey, happy for Caleb Gotham. Glad to see him land a job as a pitching coach with the Phillies. Based on what all of the Reds pitchers have said over the last couple of years, dude absolutely deserves it. And lastly, want to take a look at the uh, Reds. I mentioned Brian O'Grady getting DFA'd by the Rays as they set their 40-man roster. Want to look at what the Reds did with their 40-man roster ahead of the Rule 5 draft. They did protect a couple of guys, in right-handed pitcher Vladimir Gutierrez, Riley O'Brien who was acquired from the Rays whenever the Reds traded Cody Reed down to Tampa. And then Jared Solomon, another right handed pitcher. All three of those guys are right handed pitchers. They were added to the 40 man roster. Then the Reds also traded with the Astros for a right handed pitcher named Brandon Bailey. He was acquired for cash considerations. You always consider the cash. Don't necessarily know why the word considerations is used, but yeah, that's, you know, cash was sent to the Astros for Brandon Bailey. So that gives the Reds 36 players on their 40-man roster. Let's take a quick look at Brandon Bailey. He's 26 years old and made his Major League debut this past season with the Astros, pitching seven and a third innings, giving up two earned runs on one homer with four strikeouts and three walks allowed. He did allow six hits in those seven and a third innings. According to fan graphs, as far as his re- prospect report goes, his fastball is right around where you want it to be, right at a 50. His changeup is actually the better pitch, and his curveball grades out just slightly underneath his changeup, so he's more of a junk pitcher. His command needs a little bit of work. We'll see what Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie can do with him in the Reds organization. According to Fangraphs, Brandon Bailey was like the 29th-ranked prospect for the Astros. I mean if they're if they're giving him up for cash, obviously not super high up on the list. Maybe he can contend for one of the final bullpen spots as we head into spring training. You figure that Vladimir Gutierrez will contend for that as well, although he still has 20 games left on his 80 game suspension for performance enhancing drugs. On the other end of the spectrum, you've also got Riley O'Brien and Jared Solomon, who, you know, maybe they factor into the bullpen uh, equation. We'll have to see exactly how that rolls. Neither guy really has a ton of experience in the high minor league uh, areas. You kind of figure they probably would have gotten into that area in 2020 had there been a minor league season. But here we are. We'll have to see how that all factors out. Are they just going to continue those guys on their what would have been their minor league track or are they going to accelerate a little bit for guys like Gutierrez who although he's always been kind of a mid-level prospect for the Reds his numbers really don't bear that out you don't look at his statistics and say boy this is a guy that the Reds need to bump up and bump up quickly that's just not something that's really ever kind of come through with him. We, we've always heard about his talent, but it's never really manifested itself in the minor league. So maybe he gets a shot at spring training. I know that he pitched a couple of times this past spring training. Maybe he gets a uh, deeper look this time around. But with every prospect that is protected on the 40-man roster for the Rule 5 draft, there's always some prospects or former prospects that are not protected. Two guys that I'm looking at in particular, there's a couple of names on there that I don't have a lot of familiarity with, so I'm not super worried about them, but there's two guys whose names that you will recognize as much as I do, TJ Friedel and Alfredo Rodriguez, two position players who were not protected from the Rule 5 draft. Now, it's worth mentioning that TJ Friedel was not protected last offseason and was not selected in the Rule 5 draft. And Alfredo Rodriguez, while he does have a good glove, doesn't have much of a bat. And it's not as if, you know, not having a minor league system helped him this season and really convinced somebody that he could be taken in a rule five draft. What it requires of a team to make a rule five draft selection, they have to pay a hundred thousand dollars for that player. And if they don't like him, then they gotta offer him back to his original club for fifty grand. So it's a fifty thousand dollar risk in a year where every single baseball team is telling us that they're strapped for cash. So this is a gamble on the part of the Reds that they could lose T.J. Friedo or Alfredo Rodriguez, but I don't necessarily know that it is a huge gamble. And on the other side of things, when you look at the path for each player, if Alfredo Rodriguez was going to be the Reds' shortstop, he would have been able to show it last season. They never gave him a look. There was never a moment where you saw Alfredo Rodriguez come into a game and be like, okay, this is his chance. This is his ability to show the Reds that he can be their shortstop of the future. That was given all to Jose Garcia, a guy who had not even made it as high in the minor leagues as Alfredo Rodriguez had. So what's that tell you about Alfredo Rodriguez? Probably not looked very highly, and if he's picked in the Rule 5 draft, Then it's kind of like, yeah, bon voyage, whatevs, man. Like, no hard feelings. It's just not a guy that was in the future plans of the Reds. And as far as TJ Friedel goes, he's a name of redemption, a guy that we remember his story because he went undrafted, but the Reds gave him a large signing bonus, the largest ever for an undrafted free agent, and he proved to be at least a talented dude. He's just had injury problems. He's a guy that you root for. You want to see him do well. But when you break it down, when you're objective about things for the story of TJ Friedel as a Cincinnati Red, it's not looking so great. The outfield is stacked. I mean, you got, obviously, you got Castellanos, Nick Senzel, Shogo Akiyama, Jesse Winker, Aristides Aquino, and even beyond that, you go to, like, Mark Payton. And he's not eclipsing any one of those guys this season. So it only makes sense, and who knows? I uh, He's kind of a guy I might even get Uh, you know, I might even root for to get drafted in the rule five draft so that maybe he can go somewhere else and flourish. Maybe he gets that opportunity to play in the major leagues because it doesn't look like it's going to happen here in Cincinnati. But those are you guys who are protected in Vladimir Gutierrez, Jared Solomon and Riley O'Brien, and then also the Reds trading for Brandon. Don't call me Homer Bailey. And then you've got T.J. Friedel and Alfredo Rodriguez who are not protected and could be picked up by other teams in the Rule 5 draft coming here in the next uh, month or so because the winter meetings are all out of whack because obviously they're all virtual with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and stuff like that. So the Rule 5 draft will be virtual and held within the next month. But that's going to do it for us here today. Coming up on the next podcast, I have – Another player focus for you. This time we're going to look at Jesse Winker. I mentioned him in the uh, outfield situation. He probably—I'm going to look more in depth at this, but without looking at the statistics, I think he was the Red's best hitter based on what I remember seeing. You know, recently I haven't looked at the stats in the last five minutes and my memory is a little bit flooded, so whatever, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesse Winker was the Reds' best hitter in 2020, we're going to break him down in the next player focus episode which is coming at you tomorrow on the Lockdown Reds podcast but that's going to do it for us here today now tell your smart device to play the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball podcast, and I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow let's go Rex hey